All right. Well, that's the way to start the day, at least in my way of thinking. It's better than uh, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and all the rest of it. I was watching a little bit as Justin picked us up this morning, and and uh, some senator was ranting and raving at the other senators, and I was thinking, man, I'd, I'd love to have that microphone. Just fire them all. Okay, so before I get too much um, involved in that, I feel right at home since I'm in the volunteer state anyway. And um, it's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. I've been hanging around Mike Brown from, you know, he was the Bible teacher at Pensacola. And... um, We were in Germany a couple weeks ago with Heidi Baker. Have you heard of Heidi Baker? She and her husband, um, she's got a doctorate in something, psychology or something very useful like that, of studying how people think. Anyway, she got out of that and went to uh, Mozambique with her husband. And uh, to date, they've planted about 3,000 churches, have certified over 300 raised from the dead. It's time for a revolution. Business as usual is done. The world is so sick and tired of Sunday 55 minutes worth of church and be a nice person. They're not listening anymore. Have you noticed? They're not listening anymore. You know who they're listening to? People like Sister Cindy, who is so excited about Jesus she can't keep her mouth shut. I got saved in Tennessee 33 years ago. It wasn't from a a 55-minute-a-week Baptist. And he was a Baptist undercover. He called himself a Baptist. I think kind of like some of you may call yourself Baptist. There's still a sign outside that says Baptist. Yeah, 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 you're Southern Baptist. I'm an astronaut. Okay, so just came back from the moon, had a lovely trip. Mm -hmm. But he was so excited about his life in God, he just could not keep his mouth shut. And when he met me, I was so convicted. I said, I I need what this guy has got. I was a nice guy. I had a nice job. You know, I played guitar on weekends in bars and clubs. I sang the, you know, songs made everybody cry in their beer. They took me out for dinner afterwards. You know, I was a nice guy on my way to hell. A nice Jewish guy on my way to hell till I met a Baptist who couldn't keep his mouth shut. I'd met a lot of Christians. But when I met Jerry Williams, I knew there was a God in heaven. The world is not listening to 55-minute-a-week Christians anymore. We've lost our authority. Why? Because that 55 minutes, you know, and we go and do our responsible thing, going to church. It's not hanging over to Monday and Tuesday and Thursday. And they see us with the same problems, with the same stress, with the same sickness and disease, with the same 
junk as the world. And they say, well, why should, I, why should I go and spend my money at your church when it doesn't seem to be doing you any good? Am I, anybody here yet or did you all leave? Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir because it's early on a Sunday morning and you're not here because you have to. You're here because you want to. But these are unusual times. These are times when for us, we need to not be silent, but we need to give an opportunity for people to hear the hope that's in our hearts. Last Thanksgiving, when America was gobbling down my favorite dinner, turkey and mashed potatoes and sweet potato pie and whatever else you have around here. And is this the South yet? Are we the South? Oh, yeah, this is okay. This is the real South. Oh, yeah. I got a very strong confirmation from the front row. All that stuff that we love, and it's my favorite meal. I do not like missing Thanksgiving dinner with my family. But we had such an opportunity, I could not help myself. The door to two Muslim nations, two Muslim nations, opened wide and said, please come and sing to us. These are the days of Elijah. We were invited by the government of Dubai. Five times a day, for 20 minutes at a time, everything stops in Dubai so that that guy in the tower can scream about a God who is no God. Calls the people to pray to sticks and stones, to gods who have no eyes that hear, that see, no, no ears that, whatever they do. Oh, I'm getting confused here. Eyes that hear and ears that see, whatever it is. No arm to reach and save. And five times a day for 20 minutes, they bow down. They get down on their hands and knees and speak to a God that is not there. Allah is a figment of the imagination. He's a made-up God by a wandering um, soldier poet who spent a lot of time in Jerusalem and picked stuff that he liked out of Judaism. Then he went to some apostate Christian um, encampments out in the desert and he took some of the stuff that he liked out of there and he wrote poetry and he put it all together in a book and he went around with his armies and he told people, here's the new faith. I'm the last, I am the last prophet. Everybody wants to be a prophet. He was the last prophet with a sword. So bow down and believe this or lose your head. So by the millions, people said, hey, (laughs) whatever you say, dude. And in that nation, we took the National Tennis Stadium. Not huddled in some back corner somewhere. I mean, right downtown Dubai. 5,000 came. And the government told us, we want you to... It was the first government-approved Christian celebration in Dubai. Some business people put together about a quarter of a million dollars. Sound system to die for. Sound, stage, lights. We streamed it live over the internet. We didn't ask permission. We just did it. We're getting emails from Lebanon. Invitations from Beirut. Want to go sing in Beirut? Me neither. You know, I do what Isaiah says. Here, my Lord, send him. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm telling you what makes the difference. What makes the difference I've discovered in my life? It's not how clever I am. 
It's not how well I sing. It's not how beautifully I play guitar. There are a lot better guitar players than me. There are a lot better singers than me. There are a lot more good-looking guys than me. Well, maybe two or three. It's not how well-prepared we are. It's not how clever we are. It's the presence of the living God. He makes the difference. He makes the difference. His presence is what we're supposed to be all about. We're, we're portable arcs. We carry him wherever we go. And some people just have so much of him, they can't keep their mouth shut. Isn't that right, Sister Cindy? I love it. I just, you know, I'm drawn to people who just can't stop praising his name. I just can't stop. It's not just a song. It's a life. I am a friend of God. He you know, if you meditate on that long enough, it'll make you happy enough to say something. He calls me friend. The living God, the one who created me, the one who created everything we can see out of what we can't see, calls me his friend. <laughs> Yikes. That's either outrageous pride or it's truth beyond imagination. It's the latter. So there we are in Dubai. I, gosh. If you want to hear the message, you may have to come to the second service. There we are in Dubai, 5,000 people who have not heard the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, the presence of God is just thick. And we start singing. And I forgot my directions. The government said, you can't sing Jerusalem. You can't sing Israel. You can't sing Jew, you can't sing Christian, you can't sing just sing nice songs about nature and, and I'm looking through my songs I, I'm sorry I don't have any nice songs about nature because he's who I'm all about so I submitted some songs and I changed words for them and they said okay this is fine and then when we got there and the very first song started the, that auditorium, that, that stadium, open-air stadium, began to fill with the presence of God, and I could not help myself. And we sang, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Israel. Jesus is Lord. And we led the whole stadium in a salvation prayer at the end. All 5,000. I said, if you want this that we're singing about, that I'm not allowed to tell you about, then pray this prayer with me. Led the whole stadium, 5,000 people, in a public prayer. The TVs are rolling, so I didn't call them forward because you don't know who's watching. And I don't want anybody losing a hand or a head uh, just because I was there. But seed was planted. And 5,000 people shouted out loud, crying out to the God of Israel in Dubai. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to anyone who would believe. It is to the Jew first, but it's also for the Muslim. It's to the Jew first, but it's also for the Tennessean. Aren't you glad? I got good news for you today. This gospel is no longer just for Jews. It's available to you. You don't have to be a Jew to believe in Jesus. 
We went on from there to Kuwait City. Five acres of land covered with people. Same thing. Shouting. A mosque right next door heard us singing. Sent the guy up into the turret with his little radio shack speaker. We had stacks of speakers and power amps to beat the band. We pushed the volume. You couldn't hear the mosque anymore. They tried for a while. They'd hear us and they'd turn the volume up. And then we'd turn the volume up and they'd turn the volume up. I told my sound guy, just, man, the speakers were just rocking on that stage. (laughs) So many people at the end of that evening lifted their hands and said, I want this God, this God, the one that heals, the one that delivers, the one that restores, the one that does something. You see, we've got it all over anybody else. Not only is our God the only God, but he actually does something. (laughs) How many of you have been healed by the hand of God? You know it was the hand of God. How many of you have had provision? I mean, some of you have had groceries delivered to your door. I mean, just God made a delivery to you. Our God actually does something. Because he calls us his inheritance. He loves us with an everlasting love. And I am not ashamed of his name. And I'm not afraid. You know, at nine years old, um, I just don't really care what you think. It used to bother me. I used to go to Jerusalem and the Orthodox Jews, you know, stand in a group of Orthodox Jews. That'll start to begin to put a little pressure on what you really believe. The Hebrew and thousands of years of tradition and all the stuff and the you don't know what you're talking about and just... All I know is Yeshua saved me. He gave me peace that you can't give me. He gave me joy that you can't give me. He gave me a confidence that my name is written in the book of life. Where's your name written? After all your stuff. And I love our Jewish people. But yikes. Until they open their mouth and call on the name of the Lord. Then Israel will be saved. Our prayers are putting pressure on them. And the prayers of Jewish believers in the land is putting pressure on it. And the the rattling of the swords of the nations is putting pressure on Israel. And the Spirit of God is putting pressure on Israel because of his love. And one day, one day that dam is going to crack and all Israel is going to be saved. Jerusalem is going to say to him, Maranatha, even so, come Lord Jesus. But they'll say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. It's happening. It's lining up. Uh, my, my head is just so full of what I want to share you, with you over the next two and a half hours. Yeah. These are the days of Elijah. Let me, just, let me just show you. There, there are three things. All right, I'm going to do this. Okay, don't worry about the time. I love that. 
There are three things you need to know to be successful during the days of Elijah. You got to write them down. Number one, you need to know who am I. You need to know who you are. And I could spend an hour there. Three things you need to know to be an overcomer, to be successful in these days. If you can answer these three questions, you will do well during these days of Elijah. Number one, who am I? I may take you there for just a second. Number two, what time is it? You know, in the realm of the prophetic, we always get things messed up in one of two ways. One is the word of the Lord, and the other is the timing of the Lord. If we are humble enough and patient enough to hear the word of the Lord, a lot of times we miss it with the timing of the Lord. How many times have you known what God wanted you to do, but you did it too early or too late? You kind of, you missed that window and it just didn't work because there is an alignment of the word of the Lord and the timing of the Lord. Daniel is there as, as, an, as a captive in Babylon and he's praying. He's a humble man. He prays three times a day towards Jerusalem, opens the window. He doesn't care about the edicts of the king. He doesn't care who's watching. He opens the window towards Jerusalem and he prays to the God of Israel. But as he's reading the scroll, he recognized that the time of the captivity of Israel was over. He not only had the word of the Lord, he knew the timing of the Lord. And it takes one thing, humility. And the last thing that we need, so you need to know who you are. You need to know what time it is. And we need to know what do I have in my hands? And look, it could be something so familiar to you. God calls Moses in the wilderness. There he is standing barefoot before a bush that's burning that, that's not being consumed. So he knows he's having a supernatural experience. He's seen plenty of bushes burn up in the heat of that desert. Just from the, the heat of the, the day. But this one's not being consumed, and a voice speaks to him out of it and says, I'm through you. I'm going to deliver a nation. And Moses says, um, he stutters. I can't. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh. All of a sudden, Moses turns into Porky Pig. So how am I going to do this? The Lord says, what do you got in your hand? Uh, I got a stick. And God says, that's good enough. It's good enough. David goes to take lunch to his brothers. And this 10 or 11 and 14 foot giant, however you might read the, the, the scriptures there, is mocking the God of Israel. And David is the, the armies of Israel, you're going to stand here and let this uncircumcised Philistine mock our God? What's he got in his hand? A piece of leather on some, and a couple of leather straps. And he goes to the brook and picks up a couple of rocks. How many? Five. Why five? Because Goliath has four brothers. He's a good shot. It only takes one. 
But if the other four come after him, he's got one for them too. Boom! And he runs at the giant. You gotta, you gotta love that. Who am I? What time is it? What do I have in my hands? For most of us, it's something so familiar that we take it for granted. Let me stop on who am I for just a second. Turn with me in your Bibles to page one. Page one. You're going to like this. In verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 3, God said, Let there be light, and there was. Verse 6, And God said, Let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. And it did. It was so. In verse 9, And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered in one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And he called the dry ground land. Verse 11, Then God said, Let the land produce. Say, land. Say land. Okay, you still here? All right, it's almost over. And God said, let the land produce. And it did. Verse 14, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky. And there were. In verse 20, God said, let the water teem with living creatures. And let the birds fly above the earth. And verse 24, God said, let the land produce. But look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. Say our that's an important word. And let God and God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the earth. You see, you were created, you and I were created to rule over God's creation. He gave us dominion. So when Adam and Eve bowed their knee to the lie of the serpent and gave that authority to him, Jesus, the second Adam, came and purchased it back with his blood and with his body, gave us authority again. He said, now use my name. Now use my name. Now you say to the mountain, you speak to the, to the sky and to the storms, You feed the 5,000. Jesus said, now I've got that authority back. I've purchased it back from you. He established the kingdom again as it was intended to be. And he gave us the authority to use his name. His name is not just salvation. Sometime by and by in the sky, when I die, oh, I'll fly away. Oh, glory, Nashville, Opry, that's Christianity. No, he said now. Say now. That's a good word. Now. We're a lot more comfortable with three days from now. But now, that puts pressure on, do you really have the goods to make it happen? Lord, what do we do with all these people? You feed them. I don't have anything to feed them with. Do what I do. Say what I say. That's the key to being successful today. Who am I? Jesus said in John 5, I only do what I see my father do. Lord, give me eyes to see today what you're doing. And I only say what I hear my father say. Lord, tune these ears so that I hear what you're saying today. That's really a key to effective 
intercession too. Jesus is ever before the throne making intercession for us. When we come to intercede, I mean, imagine a hookup like that. We hear what Jesus is interceding right now. And so when we come here to pray and intercede, we're hearing what Jesus is praying and we're hooked up with it. That's better than any manual of 15 ways to pray. Pray what he prays. Lord, teach us to pray. He taught us how to pray. So back to Genesis chapter 1. So when God wanted vegetation, he spoke to the earth. When he wanted birds, he spoke to the atmosphere. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. But what did he speak to when he created you and me? Look at the text again, verse 26. What did he speak to? Did he speak to the ground? Did he speak to the atmosphere? Did he speak to the water? He spoke to himself. Why? Because the first law of creation is that everything produces after its own kind. You are a God man made in his image. Out of his own nature, he scooped up a hunk of clay and of his own breath. The Hebrew is ruach. Say that? Ruach. It means breath. He spoke to himself and he created you and I out of his own character, out of his own personality, out of his own creativity, out of the essence of who he is, he created you and me. Who am I? I'm made in the image of my father. That's who I am. And now he's given me his name. He's given me authority. He's given me his word. He's given me the power of his spirit. What in the world can stop me? Last week I got an email. Are you interested in going to Cuba? Am I interested in going to Cuba? Are you kidding me? I love going where others have not gone before. Da, da. I'm a Trekkie in the spirit. So now we've been given we've been given permission by the government to use the Karl Marx Theater in Havana, Cuba. Somebody slapped me. We now, we're, we're prepared though, because years ago, I knew, I've been saying in, in Latin countries, ahora es el tiempo de los hispanos. Now is the temple, now is the time, excuse me, of the Hispanics. And of course, in Costa Rica, they get all excited about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in Argentina, I say the same thing to them. And in, in uh, Guatemala, I say the same thing to them and, and the different nations. And now the doors are open. We have more CDs in Spanish than English now. Next week, we'll be in Quito, Ecuador, creating another new CD in Spanish. All the stuff we did last year in Engedi in the desert. And then we're doing it in Hebrew to give away to the congregations of Israel because guess what? The congregations in Israel sing Hebrew, not English. 
And next year, we're going back to Germany to do one in German. Give me the nations. And if the Karl Marx Theater wasn't enough, the same guy writes back to me a couple days later and he says, now we've been given permission for Revolution Square. A hundred thousand bodies fit in that square. Black flags, I've been there. I was there a year and a half ago trying to find open doors to be able to minister in Cuba. And this Revolution Square has got tall flags all around it, black flags. Their, their flag of the revolution is black. Poverty, like, unbelievable. That place could be the Garden of Eden. And now, God's opened up a door for Havana, Cuba, with the approval of the government. Who am I? I am a God, and I have authority. We say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And it has to obey. Two weeks ago, we were in Cleveland, and my dear friend, who's a medical doctor, I'll be done with this. I just, there's too much. I, for some reason, I get excited when I'm with you. I see you every couple of years, but there's something about you guys. I don't know what it is. I really can't explain it. When I'm driving on the road here and I see the building, I get an excitement in my spirit. I don't know why. It just, maybe it's because, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been coming here longer than most of you. <laughs> Not all of you. Most of you. I believe for good things for you. Our dear friend was having a grandson. He's a medical doctor. This baby was named after him a boy, little Phil. His name is Dr. Phil. He's the real Dr. Phil. Goes to Cleveland. He uh, is a doctor in, in Cleveland, but he goes to Mexico to garbage dumps to minister to the children that live in their orphans. That he goes and gives, brings food and clothing and tends to some of their medical needs. He goes, brings teams, wonderful guy. But the, the sonograms for his grandbaby came back very deformed. And the doctor said, this child is in really big trouble. Now, his son and daughter are not believers. I don't know how they could not be believers in his house, but they're not. And so this child, they, they were showing him the, 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 the malformed face and the no stomach and the really short trachea and... And they were prophesying all kinds of physical uh, needs and operations. This child was going to come out of the womb, immediately have a trach and have tubes and be in the hospital for months and fix this and hope we can fix that. And it was a stressful time. We were there in Cleveland two days before the baby was born. We laid hands on them, prophesying, speaking the word of God. And, and your mind is telling you one thing. You know, look at the pictures. Listen to what the doctors are saying. Can this be changed? We serve a God who is a creative God. Every service we did, and there were like five of them in two, three days, two and a half days. Pardon me. Every time, thousands of people lay hands on Dr. Phil, prophesy, we're speaking over this child. And then we left. And Tuesday night, I was sitting on my porch back home in Jacksonville, Florida with my two boys, and we were talking about 
what we're about to be doing as a ministry. Both my sons and their wives work with us in the ministry. And the phone rang about 10.30. Normally, I would not answer it. But I was walking through the kitchen to get another glass of ice water to go back out and talk with my boys. And I saw my cell phone flashing, and it said blocked. I would never answer a blocked call because it's a salesman. And it's 10.30 at night, and I'm tired. But for some reason, I picked it up. And as soon as I said hello, I hear this voice on the other end just giggling like a junior high girl at a prom. It's Dr. Phil. He said, Paul, I've just been through the whole hospital showing my perfectly formed grandchild to all the doctors. He sent me a picture on my iPhone. I said, that's a beautiful baby. Our God is an awesome God. But he has given us authority. Who am I? I'm like him. I'm a joint heir together with Jesus. I cannot keep my mouth shut. He opens doors that no man can close. He closes doors that no man can open. He keeps me from the tempest and from the storm. He hides me under the shadow of his wings. He forgives all of my sins. He heals all of my diseases. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. He gives me food to eat. He gives me the fellowship with him. He gives me favor with men. The lines have fallen for me in such pleasant places. It's ridiculous. Now, there are plenty of people who got more stuff, but there's nobody that's more content, more full of peace, joy, and fulfillment than this guy. How about you? That's the God we serve. These are the days of Elijah. We need to know, who am I? What time is it, Lord? For Esther, and it was another time. Her uncle Mordecai said, who knows that maybe God hasn't brought you to the kingdom for just such a time as this. What time is it in your prophetic life? Who are you? What do you have in your hand? Because God can use a stick to deliver a nation. Father, I thank you today that you are so good. I thank you, Lord, that your word is a strong tower of safety for us. We run into you today and we are safe. We are saved. We are healed. Lord, your word endures forever. We love who you are. We love what you do. We honor the blood of Jesus. Lord, you didn't have to. You weren't forced. No one took your life. You offered it for me in exchange. A life for a life. Have you ever exchanged your life for his? I want to give you an opportunity. If you have never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, but you'd like to this morning, 
or if you know that you are living way below what he has given to you. Why don't you stand right where you are this morning? Stand right where you are. I want to pray with you. Just between you and God, I'll lead you in a simple prayer. If you want a life full of power, if you want to live a life on the level that you were born again to live, if you have never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, stand with me right now. I want to pray with you. Quickly. Anyone? You're all living in the power and strength of God. Awesome. You've all exchanged your lives for His. You know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Is there anyone who's not done that? I want to pray with you today. Anyone? Father, I pray that what we confess by remaining seated is really who we are. We're living a redeemed life full of power and authority. Lord, glorify your name through us in these days. We declare Jesus is Lord. Amen.